Well, good morning, Chillicothe Bible Church. It is good to be back in the pulpit this morning with the privilege of opening God's Word with you once again. Uh, I have enjoyed the break, a few weeks off, but I really enjoy uh, sharing God's Word with His people. So thank you for the break, and also thank you for giving me the great privilege of preaching God's Word to you and uh, sharing life with you. So let me, uh, let me pray for us here as we open up God's Word together. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 4 together this morning. God, our Heavenly Father, uh, you, are, uh, you are wisdom. You are uh, the fountain of truth and of life. And all who trust in you will never be put to shame. And so, Father, this morning I pray as we open your word that we would trust in it, that we might uh, not only learn, but that we might grow and look more like Jesus as a result, and that we might walk in your wisdom and have your blessing. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you read the book of Proverbs as a whole, and Proverbs uh, chapter 4 in particular, what you'll find is the repeated idea that there is one, and that there is only one road to really living life, uh, and to living it well, and to enjoying life completely. And if you're going to enjoy life completely, you need to stay on the road. You need to stay on the one road that leads to really living. And the reality is, even though we are sinners in a sin-tainted world, it is still possible to live life joyfully and gracefully and under the continuous presence of God's blessing in your life. And it is the only way to really live. Every other way that... Uh, that there is to live other than the Lord's way is like waking up every morning taking a ball-peen hammer and smacking yourself in the head with it. Okay? The great thing about that is it feels amazing when you stop doing it. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and every other way of living life is, is self-destructive in exactly that same way. It it you will, if you choose to reject God's wisdom for life, uh, injure yourself, hurt yourself, uh, bring consequences in your life in various, uh, uh, various ways and types, right? And so we want to live life by God's wisdom and experience joy, experience blessing, experience all that God has for us. And there's lots of encouragement, actually, in Proverbs chapter 4 about living that kind of life and the blessing that results from it. It's the only way to really live. So I want to open our Bibles here this morning and see what God has to say about these things. Uh, here, first of all, verses 1 through 9. This is what the Scripture says, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, 
He taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Now these these first nine verses are all about finding the road that leads to really living. And the picture that they paint is of a dad sitting down with his boys. Now, some of you all probably have done this. You know, you fathers that have sons, you gather your boys around and say, now look, boys, let me tell you about what's what with life. Let me give you some advice. You're about to go out into adulthood, and you're going to need some, you're gonna need some uh, instruction on how to do that, and I'm going to give it to you. And... Uh, this is a fa- you know the structure of the book of Proverbs is basically a father sitting down with his sons and giving them kind of his last shot as they're going to leave his house, and he's saying, "Now look, boys, you need to listen to dad here and learn the things that I have learned, some of which I have learned by the way the hard way, and I want you to avoid some of that." And and as it's all written down and encapsulated in this book. Um, it's written uh, repeatedly, Son, listen to your mother's instruction. Son, listen to what your dad has to say. And the idea, I think, for us as believers, if we want to personalize this as we read it, is wherever it says, Son, put your name. Because you, men and women, are children of God if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? And this is God's wisdom for you and for me. By the way, there are are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs if you want kind of a good devotion to follow. Just so happens there's 31 days in the average month, right? You might have to catch up in some months and read an extra chapter on one of those days to finish by the end of the month. But you get God's wisdom a little bit every day if you do that, if you follow that pattern. Um, and verses 1 and 2 here in this chapter are, are, t- are the father telling his children to listen well and obey the advice that he's about to give because it's good advice. He says, I give you good precepts. It's good advice. And on top of that, it's time-tested advice that he's giving. It's the same advice that dad, in the context of Proverbs, got from his father. So in other words, it's, it's, listen, I didn't just come up with this. This is what your grandpa taught me. This is what I've tried to live, to live out, and I'm giving you the secret of a successful life that your grandpa taught me that I've tried to live by, and that if you want to have the same kind of blessed, enjoyable life that I have had, that you will walk in too. This is time-tested advice. And here's the secret. Here's what it is. Ready? Get wisdom. Get insight. In other words, listen to the the advice of your father and grandfather and live a life of obedience to God. 
wherever you read get wisdom, what that has to do with is successfully living life. Well, how do you successfully live life? You live in obedience to God. That's why one of the repeated verses in the book of Proverbs is, the, begin- the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord. In other words, obeying, following, submitting to what God, who, what God has to say is the beginning of living a successful life. A successful life as God defines it. A successful life as you will experience it begins with walking by faith in Christ. And the wisest way to live, the wisest way, in fact, the only way to really live is in obedience to God as you're in relationship with Him. But there will be a cost to be paid. And here's what it is. If you you want to live wisely, what it will mean is that you cannot forget what God says when you come to a decision. You can't ignore what God says when you come to a, a, a decision. And in fact, you have to sacrifice all, all, of your preconceived notions and your, your culture's ideas on what constitutes the good life and how life is supposed to work. You have to sacrifice all of those if you want to live by God's wisdom. But if you do, you will get wisdom and insight and you will experience God's blessing. And that's why verse 7 again repeats this same idea. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever else you get, get insight. Now, you might have, in other words, a lot of opportunity to obtain a lot of things. Right? We have, we have malls. We have grocery stores. We have car dealerships. We have real estate brokers. We have all these people that are dedicated to giving us stuff. Right? But the main thing you need to get, whatever else you get out of life, get this. Get God's wisdom. Because God's wisdom is going to make life enjoyable and blessed. And if you do that, if you make the sacrifice of forsaking all of your own ideas, all of your culture's ideas on what constitutes a good life and how to live it, and you get God's wisdom and follow it, Then here are some of the blessings. Look at verse 4. Verse 4 says, If you do this, keep my commandments, and what will you do? You will live. You'll really live. In addition to that, uh, you will uh, experience joy and blessing. Verse 6, you see that God's wisdom will keep you, and it will guard you, meaning that it will protect you from all manner of negative Consequences that come about from rejecting God's wisdom. Uh, you know, one of the blessings of my life was going, growing up in a Christian home where mom and dad knew Jesus and they taught us to know Jesus from a young age because one of the things that happened was there was all kinds of stuff that blew up all over my friends from stupid decisions that they made that I didn't make, not because... I was so smart and so wise and so godly, 
but because my parents said, you know, that's ungodly and that's foolish and that will bite you. And I went, okay, I'll stay away from that, right? I wasn't smart enough and I for sure wasn't godly enough to know better. But my parents were able to teach me God's wisdom even at an age that I didn't understand it and wasn't all that interested in obeying it, frankly. And it protected me. And by the way, it has continued, God's wisdom as I've lived by it has continued to protect me from all kinds of things. And it guards, it, it's, it has set a guard over my life in all manner of consequences that lots of other people have experienced. I've never had to, to, to come, I've never had come into my life. And on top of that, living by God's wisdom will result in your honor and exaltation. Look at this. Prize her highly. She will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. People who walk with God are admired. They are, they are treated with honor, with respect. Do you all remember when Billy Graham died this spring? What happened? People who, weren't, who, who not only weren't Christians, but didn't have anything good to say about Christians in general, had good things to say about Billy Graham. Amen? Why? Because they could see that this man walked with God. That he lived according to God's wisdom and there was an outpouring of respect and affection for this man. And the idea of these verses, verse 8 and 9, is that as you live by God's wisdom, that honor and praise will be yours. Maybe not on the scale of Billy Graham where your death makes national news. But certainly among the people that you know, you'll be held in honor. You know, it's always neat when you do a, a funeral for someone who's been a committed believer for their whole life. You know, I think of some of the ones that I've done. I think about, uh, about Fran Paddock and Herta Stunkel, Wally Cold, others that we have buried that knew the Lord and that we knew knew the Lord, and that people who didn't know the Lord knew that they knew the Lord. <laughs> and when we buried them, it was amazing the testimonies that we heard from people who knew them and loved them. And, and were they honored? Yes. Did they have a, a, a garland and a crown? Yes. It wasn't because they were so good and so, so wonderful as people, but because they lived by God's wisdom. It transformed who they were, and people noticed. Amen? But in addition to finding the road, you have to stay on it. Not enough to find the right road, you have to stay on it. Look at verses 10-19 through 19 here. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the path of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. 
Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. And the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. You know, there's a lot of stories that are what I would call hero's journey stories. If you read... uh, any kind of fiction books on the regular that you will have um, stories that you will come across where there's a scene where the old wise man sits down with the young hero, young heroine, and says to him or her, here's the right road. Stay on it. Stay on it. Don't deviate from it. Now, when you see that scene, you know two things immediately. Number one, success, blessing, and, um, and joy comes from staying on the path. And you also know that because this is a story and you've got to have conflict in any story, that the hero is not going to completely stay on the road. Amen? And so whether we're talking about Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, remember? Some of you are singing right now. Follow the yellow brick road. Right? <laughs> um, right? Um, and uh, you've got the munchkin voice in your head right now. Uh, and, uh, and, or whether you're talking about uh, Little Red Riding Hood on the way to grandmother's house, right? She's told, don't get off the road. What's she do? She gets off the road. And that gives the, the wolf time to show up at grandma's house and eat grandma. And then uh, for her to show up and uh, notice that Grandma all of a sudden looks a lot hairier than she did and has a lot bigger teeth. Amen? Uh, and, and there's all kinds of stories like that. Probably my favorite one that has this theme in it is The Silver Chair with C.S. Lewis, the st- children's story that he tells about Jill and Eustace and Puddleglum. And they're supposed to follow the signs. <laughs> There are four signs, and you're supposed to follow them, and if you do, it will lead you to success. And they mess up every single one of the signs as they walk through the story. And this is the idea. This is what the father is telling his boys. You need to not only find the road, you need to stay on the road. Because if you don't, as you deviate from it, it will hurt you. Now look closely at what the Word says here. Verse 10, Hear and accept My words. By the way, that's really important. We read the Bible. It is possible, I don't know if you know this or not, but it is possible to read the the Bible and have the words go through uh, your eyeballs and you know reflect back off your retinas and go back to the uh, to the nerve there at the back of your eye and go into your brain and make no impact whatsoever on your life. Did you know that? It is possible to have that happen. 
Because you not only have to hear God's wisdom, you have to accept it. It has to be received into your heart. And be allowed into there, into where it changes your life. Verse 11 and 12 tell us that if you do that, you will not only have long years of life, but you will have a lot of life in your years. That matters. You want to have life in the years that you have. If you hold on to what you're taught, if you obey God's ways, you won't stumble. You won't have as many obstacles in your path. And since those things are true, what are we supposed to do with that? Well, verse 13 tells us, hold on to and treasure and protect God's wisdom because keeping it, obeying it, following it is where life is really found. And then you go to verse 14, and 14 through 17, which are really uh, the warning in this chapter. He says, don't. There's all kinds of encouragement you know, before this and after this to walk in God's wisdom, but this is a warning against turning from God's wisdom. He says, look, don't enter the path of the wicked. Don't walk on the way of the evil. Avoid it. Don't go near it. Turn away from it. Pass on. You... The wicked's way of living is a different way of going. And if you go that direction, it will consume you. You won't be able to, it will change who you are, and you won't be able to sleep until you have pursued some kind of sinful pleasure in every part of your life, even your meals. Look at it, what it says here they eat the bread of wickedness. And drink the wine of violence. Even the thing, all the things that you take into your life will all of a sudden be tainted by sin. All of those things will be tainted by sin. And verses, uh, verses 18 and 19 give us this great contrast between walking in the way of the wicked, which is like walking in the dark, you ever tried to do that? You ever been out uh, like in the woods on a moonless night where there are no stars and all of a sudden the sun goes down and it's dark. I mean, it is dark out there. Maybe you're in a tent or whatever, right? I remember being in the Boundary Waters uh, canoe area a number of years ago and we had one of those nights and I mean, it got black, dark. And you're in the wilderness, and there are no stars, and there was no moon, and I could literally not see my hand in front of my face. You know what we didn't do that night? We didn't go, this is a great night for a hike. <laughs> right? Let's go head off through the woods and see where we wind up. Right? Uh, why? Because you can't see where you're going. And not only are there bears in those woods, but there's also 
all kinds of other things. You know, logs that have fallen over that you can't see, and thorn bushes, and, and brambles, and, uh, you know, big sticks that are sticking up that'll, you know, puncture your leg, and other things, right? You, you don't do that. No one heads off in the dark without any idea of where they're going. But being a wicked person is like going through life in the dark through the woods. And you're just injured by everything. If you, you know, I don't know if you've noticed that. If you, if, you, if you watch the way that an unbeliever lives, very often it is uh, just a series of disasters that just kind of blow up on their life, Right? If you don't believe me, read the headlines of the supermarket tabloids over a progression of months when they report on the same people's lives. You know, uh, this will not be good for your soul, but you know, read up on the Kardashian family. See how they're doing. Wealthy people, right? And more money than they can spend. And yet, I would not trade my life for any one of those people's lives on any day of the week because it's continual turmoil. And just, it's like they go from <coughs> blow up, you know, another week later, blow up. All their relationships are coming undone. Uh, there's all kinds of embarrassing material out there, out there on them. Uh, on the internet that lives forever. And it's just a series of, it's just a rolling disaster from start to finish. The way of the wicked is like stumbling in the dark. But the way of the righteous is like walking in the same woods as the daylight is coming through the trees. You can see. You can tell where you're going. You can see where the dangers are. You can see where the path is. And then and the longer you're there, in fact, the brighter it gets until all of a sudden you can really see everything. Which way would you like to go through life, son? That's what the Father is asking each of us. Would you like to stumble and get hurt by everything you don't see? Or would you like to walk in the light? Really living means you've got to stay on the road that God has outlined for us. And the other side of that, you need to not stray from the road. Look at verses 20 through 27 here. Hear these words. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward. Let your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right 
or to the left, turn your foot away from evil. Now, these verses contain a lot of similar language to what we've seen before, both in this chapter and in earlier chapters in Proverbs, about being attentive, paying attention, listening to what the Father is telling us. In fact, as you read Proverbs, you'll see some of those same ideas repeated multiple times in various ways. Do you know why? Because we forget. We forget. In fact, the thing that God tells the nation of Israel over and over and over when they wander off from Him, as they always did and as we always do, is, hey, y'all, you forgot. And so here we get repeated instruction. Remember, listen, pay attention to what I'm telling you. How many of you, by the way, who are parents have... Now, this has never happened at my house because I have perfect children. Yeah. But occasionally I have been told that some parents have to say the same thing to their kid more than once. Right? Is that true? Does that, have to, does that happen at your house? It happens at mine in reality. You know, in fact, I have said the same thing to the same kid probably more than ten times in the same day sometimes, right? And, and, I, and I have them, I'm like, listen to me with your face, <laughs> right? <laughs> you turn their ears, you, know, you hold, hold onto their ears and make sure they're listening, right? Listen to me. Stop doing that. Right? Or start doing this, right? Uh, because they tend to forget. And we are the same way. And so we get repeated instruction listen to this. We are prone to forget. And, and on top of that, here's the other thing our sinful hearts can betray us in an instant. In an instant. I read. Uh, read some commentary on Proverbs uh, this week, and the, one of the guys I'm reading is a guy named pastor named Ray Ortland Jr. And he said, as Christians, we all live our lives about five minutes away from total disaster. <laughs> I think that that's true. Because temptation comes our way, and, and if we embrace it, and then we don't turn away from it, what happens? The longer you walk down that road, the easier it becomes. And then it, it finally blows up and bites you. In fact, I, I ran across these lines from Alexander Pope, who was an 18th century English poet. He wrote this, Vice is a monster of so frightful mien as to be hated needs but to be seen, yet seen too oft, familiar with her face, we first endure, then pity, then embrace. Here's what he means. When we see sin for the first time, we're horrified by it. It looks scary. It looks evil. We see it in all of its wicked wickedness, and we're repulsed by it. But given regular exposure to it, we stop being repulsed. 
And in fact, then we start to sympathize with it. And then we start to accept it. And then we start to embrace it as our very own. Think about this. In 1994... Dan Quayle, who was the Vice President of the United States at the time, gave a speech in which he castigated a TV character named Murphy Brown over the fact that she was having a baby out of wedlock and the TV show she was on was glorifying this as a good thing. And he caught all kinds of flack about it. Now my point is not political. My point is this. If that same show came out today, would anyone even notice? No. Why not? Because what was startling in 1994 has become the norm. The norm. that women now have babies without a, without a husband. And even in TV, we didn't depict that back then. In 30 years, it's been a big change in our culture. Amen? Even non-Christians now would never notice and the, the point I'm trying to make here is this, is that when you stray from the road, I'm not trying to pick on single moms, I'm not trying to be mean to anybody, because honestly, if you're a single mom, you have my sympathy, and as a church, you have our support. We want to help you. But this is not God's ideal. Amen? And, and straying from the road, the longer you, you are on the right road, sometimes straying from it can seem really appealing, as a matter of fact. Uh, think about how many of the Bible's characters had a great first half. And in the second half, they blew their life up. Where the danger was not where we think it is from 18 to 45, right? The danger was from 45 to 80. And they blew up their life. You do not want your life, men and women, to be like the, the 2017 Super Bowl. Do you remember this? Those are your football fans. You had the Atlanta Falcons. And they had a phenomenal three quarters of the game. Phenomenal. They were up 28-9 to nine at the end of the third quarter. And they were going to get their first ring. They were going to bring glory to the city of Atlanta. They were going to dance and sing and party. You know what happened? They lost the game 
They lost the game in the fourth quarter, 34-28, to as the New England Patriots came back and scored 19 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Your life flows out of whatever is in your heart. So the scripture says here, verse 23, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. In other words, whatever you're allowing in is going to change you in some way, either for good or ill. And your life is going to flow out of what is in there. So if what comes out of you is a result you don't like, you need to change what's going in there. Amen? You need to put a a gate around your heart so that you allow in only God's wisdom. Don't allow evil speech to come out of it. Verse 24. You've got to stay focused on the right way all the way to the end. Look what the text says. Verse 25. Let your eyes look directly forward. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Keep focused on the end so you don't wander off. Turn away from evil moment by moment by moment until you see Jesus. He's the end. At the end of the day, what we're talking about when we're talking about living wisely is about following Jesus. Amen? It's about about walking in the ways of Jesus who is the wisdom of God in the flesh. And what we're talking about is living in relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and living the life that He calls us to live. And... And Jesus said that He is the way and the truth and the life. And if you're going to go to the Father, you're going to go through Him. And so, what we're talking about when we're talking about walking in the road, about staying on the road, about finding the road, we're talking about finding and following Jesus all the way to the end. That's what all this boils down to. And you got a choice. Day by day, moment by moment, what you're going to do. Are you going to follow Jesus and walk in His way? Or are you going to take your machete and bushwhack your own path? One way is blessed, and the other way is not. One way is easy. In fact, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay? You think following Jesus is hard, you should try not following Jesus. (laughs) Because that is a lot harder. It's a lot harder to go through life not following Jesus. Choose wisely. Choose the way of Jesus. It's the easy way to go through life. 
It's the easy way. It's the blessed way. It's the direct route to where you want to go. So find the road. Stay on the road. Don't wander off from the road. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I do pray that if there's anyone here who has never found Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God, and learned that He is the way and the truth and the life, I pray, Father, that right now that man, that woman, that boy, that girl would bow before You and say, Father, I have been cutting my own path through life. And it is not going well. In fact, I've messed up everything I've touched. And Father, right now, I pray that You would speak to their heart and help them to know that there is forgiveness and there is restoration and there is reconciliation with You and there is peace and joy to be found if we will but bow our hearts and submit ourselves to You and and put our trust in Jesus Christ who died for our sins and was raised from the dead to give us the new life we've been talking about. Father, I pray that anyone who doesn't know that new life would experience it right now by faith in Christ, by Your Holy Spirit's power. And Father, for those of us who have known You a long time, I pray that we would continue to walk straight down the road that You have marked out for us. The one that leads to maturity and to joy and to blessing and to uh, enjoyment of life in the here and now. Because we are not merely looking forward to joy in the hereafter. We are, ex- we are experiencing it here and now. And Father, I pray that would be our, our present possession for all who walk in the pathway of Jesus. That we would be full of joy. And that we would experience your blessing as the scripture here describes. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.